0: If Proposition 1 passes, you could be fined up to $5,000 for declining to participate in a same-sex wedding or simply objecting to a man using a woman's bathroom.
1: Well, that's the kind of rhetoric that Houston voters have been inundated with recently, complete with video of U.S. currency being flushed down the toilet, as the nation's fourth-biggest city braces for a referendum this Tuesday on HERO, the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance. Business interests are among the voices supporting the ordinance. Far-right religious leaders have been at the forefront of a hate-based campaign to defeat it. Particularly because faith has gotten dragged once again into a culture war battle We need to address it on this show, and to do that, I'm joined by Marty Rouse, National Field Director at the Human Rights Campaign, the largest LGBT rights advocacy organization in the country, and one that has devoted significant resources to combating faith-based bigotry in general, and the anti-hero campaign in particular. Marty, welcome to State of Belief
0: Radio. Thank you. It's great to be on.
1: Hero has a long and complicated history at this point, but it would be good if you would start with just a brief timeline of how we got to where we are.
0: Sure. So, um, Houston is, um, as I assume many people know, America's fourth most populous city. In fact, I think it has more population in the city of Houston than 17 other states in our country. Hmm. So, what happens in Houston really has national impact. Houston is the... One of the only cities in America, the large cities in America, that currently has no protections for its LGBT citizens or visitors, um, and it has no protections citywide for a class of uh, many categories as well. Um, There's only federal protections in the city of Houston. The city council under Mayor Anise Parker's leadership um, earlier this year did finally pass a non-discrimination ordinance, an equal rights ordinance, that protected 15 classes of people at the municipal level, including people based on their sexual orientation and gender identity. But 15 classes, including race, including religion, military status, pregnancy, um, uh, religion. And it passed uh, with a rather large margin earlier this year. And unfortunately, opponents of uh, equality and opponents of the mayor actually petitioned and collected signatures to put this on the ballot. Um, The city uh, counted the signatures early this year and ruled that it appeared that there were not enough valid signatures uh, to actually go onto the ballot. Uh, However, uh, I don't want to go into too many details, but the state Supreme Court intervened and said this needs to go onto the ballot for public affirmation. And so here we are uh, uh, next Tuesday, uh, and actually starting on October 19th, um, the city of Houston, vote registered voters of Houston, are actually voting on whether or not the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance should be affirmed, should it uh, take effect. And so uh, we expect about 20% of the registered voters of Houston, that's a small number, but 20% of the residents of Houston, the re- registered voters, are going to be voting on whether or not People are protected at the municipal level in housing, and employment, and public accommodations, and that's going to happen next Tuesday. So all eyes uh, are on Houston right now.
1: It, it also makes you want to look up at the calendar and see what uh, year we're in, <laughs> uh, that we're still uh, going to the polls to vote on something that ought to be a part of uh, of every guarantee of the Constitution of, of our nation. Uh, Who's screaming the loudest in opposition to the fact that LGBT persons are included uh, under Houston's civil rights ordinance?
0: Well, it's a it's a, an interesting question and unfortunately there are several conservative um Christian clergy members um, are who are screaming the loudest and they are the ones who um, have basically led the charge to put this on the ballot and so you have um, some very conservative members um, saying um, that this should not be um, in Houston uh, it's quite unfortunate actually and so the campaign in support of the Equal Rights Ordinance has made sure that we are finding faith voices um, to be public and to speak out as well and to basically say, we are all God's children.
1: I I understand we're all God's children. What are they wanting to do to LGBT people? What what rights do they want to deny?
0: Well, you know, you're asking a very uh, sane question, (laughs) but unfortunately I believe that this all comes down to politics, Mm -hmm. and so there are certain people who, for some reason, uh, are politically interested in making sure that the LGBT community and people who support the LGBT community um, are not successful, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, while I do believe that if you actually ask people who are opposing this Equal Rights Ordinance, what exactly are they opposed to, they end up talking about transgender issues and having um, transgender people using public accommodations, mainly restrooms. Mm -hmm. That's been the points here in Houston um, about the TV ads, the radio ads focused very much on um, who gets to use which re- restroom. And so it's unfortunate that you have an equal rights ordinance that protects so many people for so many different reasons, and the opposition are solely focused on scare tactics of basically saying that a a man will dress up like a woman and go into a restroom and attack a young girl. That is actually the TV ad that our opponents are running in opposition to this broad-based equal rights ordinance that protects 15 classes of Houstonians. Mm.
1: Uh, Marty, what kind of money has been spent on this issue, and where's the money coming from?
0: so the the opposition has actually not raised too much money. I think their last report had them only in the past thirty days only having ra- raised less than one hundred thousand mm. uh, dollars. The supporters of the equal rights ordinance have raised over two million dollars uh, to p- support the he- equal rights ordinance. Supporters of the equal rights ordinance have over one thousand five hundred donors um, to the campaign. The opponents have. 40, four zero, 40 donors. So there are a few individuals with some money, not a lot of money, who are the ones behind this financially. But as you probably know, it does not take a lot of money to mm-hmm. use scare tactics that um, the TV stations cover and sort of fan the flames. So while we are outspending our opponents significantly, our opponent's message has still gotten through because it is so scary. It's quite frankly, outrageous and full of lies, but that's not a reason why it's not going to be on TV. And so we're really faced with this battle right now. It's quite painful to watch. Any LGBT person in particular watching these TV ads, it's extremely painful. It's extremely infuriating. And to know that voters are going to vote on whether or not you have the right to a job, whether or not you have the right to use a public restroom. Um, It's really terrible to see everything boil down to a 30-second ad that A lot of people are talking about. Mm. Our
1: listeners on uh, State of Belief know the Human Rights Campaign because we've done so much work together. But talk about, if you will, the Human Rights Campaign's involvement in this particular initiative.
0: Sure. So the human rights campaign worked very closely with local leaders last year uh, as they were preparing to um, try to pass the ordinance to begin with. So politically, we got involved with political leaders in the city of Houston. Our legal team got involved with the lawyers that were interested in drafting any the ordinance. We work very closely with our allies on the city council and with the mayor, as well with the business leadership of the city of Houston. Houston is a city that is really driven by business international business, and so we worked with the Houston Chamber of Commerce, which is really which is called Houston, the Greater Houston Partnership. Mm-hmm. We worked very close with them in making sure we crafted an ordinance that the business community felt extremely comfortable with, and politically that we worked to make sure it was going to cover the broad ranges of people that needed to be covered, and to make sure that the entire LGBT community was completely covered in this ordinance. Mm-hmm. Once we worked on crafting the language with our allies in the city council and working with the mayor, and the business community and crafting the ordinance that everybody could support. We then worked very hard to make sure there was a grassroots effort in support of the ordinance, contacting city council members. Testifying in front of the city council. So we made sure there was broad and public support uh, and diverse support working closely with the NAACP and other organizations to make sure there was broad, public, diverse support for the ordinance. And then, in fact, when it got passed, uh, HRC then worked again with our allies to prepare for the potential that it might go to the ballot. And so we have joined with um, several organizations to form a campaign called Houston Unites. Mm -hmm. And Houston Unites is the campaign that we are part of, helping to defend the ordinance, and HRC has already contributed over $400,000 in cash. We currently have 20 HRC staff on the ground in Houston, 14 more are coming this weekend, so we will have 34 full-time HRC staff on the ground working, um, knocking on doors, making phone calls, making sure everybody gets out and votes on Tuesday. Um, we are also donating computers and phones so that the campaign has all the technology it needs to reach the voters the most efficient way. So from the beginning until the very, very end, the human rights campaign will be working alongside our allies. We're also working very closely with the business community, General Electric, Um Hewlett-Packard, BBVA Compass Bank, uh, major, major corporations and and large employers in the city of Houston and Texas have announced or will be announcing in the next 24 hours their support for this Equal Rights Ordinance. Uh, And finally, we're working with um, congregations and making sure that we show that there's diverse faith voices that support this. We had at least 16 congregations talk about HERO on this past Sunday. And after services, they marched to the polling places and voted early in support of the Equal Rights Ordinance. Uh, We are also mobilizing the um, Hollywood uh, community as well. So we have Texas homegrown person Eva Longoria. We have actor Matt Bomer, Matthew Morrison, um, former NFL draft person Michael Sam. We are getting Hollywood and and sports figures and other public figures to announce their support for the Equal Rights Ordinance as well. Uh, Last night we had Sally Field, uh, actress Sally Field, in Houston expressing her support and what it means to her as a woman and the mother of a gay son. To have uh, this on the ballot and urging voters in Houston, as as mothers, to go out and vote uh, yes on on Proposition One. So from top to bottom, HRC is doing everything we can do to make sure that the equal rights ordinance gets an affirmative yes vote on Tuesday.
1: I'm really glad that you gave us such a a very comprehensive uh, report on who's offering uh, strength in in this campaign. Uh, Especially, uh, HRC over the years has recognized the importance of progressive people of faith in advancing an agenda of equality, and uh, I'm delighted that uh, once again you're finding not just a few negative uh, uh, oppositional people in the religious community, but you're also seeing Uh, the best of what a religious community can do to uh, advance equality for everybody.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, in addition to the souls to the polls that happened on Sunday, the final TV ad of our campaign, the Houston Unites campaign, it features, uh, a Latino faith leader mm. and he is the leading person on this 30 second TV ad that just started running on Monday. Oh, that was, that was so long ago. Uh, time flies. So it started running yet on Monday and it will run, uh, until next Tuesday. So again, we are recognized the importance of faith voices and how positive, uh, Um, A voice they have in the community, and um, it's very, very important to this campaign.
1: Marty, we've seen this kind of scaremongering in other places where transgender persons are portrayed as nothing more than potential sexual predators. It's particularly disgusting that self-professed religious figures have promoted these hateful ideas. What is it going to finally take... Uh, to blunt the power of this kind of propaganda because they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't an effective tactic with certain audiences.
0: That you, re- you really ask a very, very important question, and I would say the answer, it's a longer answer, but one thing I want to make sure your listeners are aware of, there's a time to have this conversation and a time to strategize and a time to educate people on how we do this. There's also how you win a campaign. And sometimes those are two different things. So right now we are focused on winning this campaign and getting yes vote on Tuesday. The larger question about how you do this. First off, I would say that we are winning. uh, And as, as days go by, as months go by, as years go by, the the opposition to people that are transgendered is diminishing. Okay, mm-hmm. so and a lot of that is because there are transgender voices speaking up and being identified um, from mainstream media to the, your local community. And so the most important thing is to find um, transgender voices and find ways to make people feel comfortable about talking about their lives. And you cannot underestimate the personalizing of this and how important it is to actually find people who are transgender or affected by people who are transgender, other family members, and have them talk about personally what this means to them. If um, it's not just a personal transition, it's a family tr- um, transition and a workplace transition. And so it's very important. You know, we're working in another city um, in Jacksonville, Florida, where um, one of the city council members that we helped elect because she was supportive of adding gender identity to that city's non-discrimination law. She talked about what it was like for her as an empl- uh, a manager in a large corporation having a a top employee go through the physical transition on the job and she saw the difficulty that she had and she said why when this person is going through her own difficulty on her own personal transition our her place of employment should not be a place where she has problems and she, be, she should be safe and supported in that place of employment and that helped the city council member be such a strong advocate for gender identity in the city council's law and so I think the personalization of this and finding people who are transgender Make them making them feel comfortable to come forward, and then helping them be the type of spokesperson they can be um, and feel safe and secure in doing that, that is what's going to win this in the long run.
1: Marty Rouse is the National Field Director at the Human Rights Campaign. HRC is well known for its national policy work, but as far-right extremists increasingly do some of their worst damage at the state and local levels It's uh, incredibly encouraging to see the campaign perform effective advocacy work on behalf of the LGBT Americans in those same places. Marty, I have to tell you that um, you are a superb spokesperson for this issue, and this is an issue in which we need the best of spokespersons. Thank you for being with us on State of Belief Radio.
0: It's my absolute pleasure, and thank you for talking about this really important topic at this very important time.